Boost Your Main Health, a center to help you achieve wellness in both your brain and body. We endeavor to encourage cross-communication between health professionals for your health and well-being. We'll bring you topics on neuropsychology, neurobehavior, neuromusculoskeletal, neurogastro, movement is well-being, metabolism, and microbiome, which are also some of the services that we provide. And today's podcast is the fourth and final in our low back pain series. We'll be talking about the shape of the spine and how it may affect the whole person. I have Dr. Shemaine Wong with me today. So say hello, Shemaine. Hello. So the topics that we'll be introducing to you today or speaking about with you today and then continuing on later with relation to scoliosis, kyphosis, and lordosis. So where should we start, Shemaine? Let's start with the lordosis first since it's the most common thing. Lordosis and kyphosis and scoliosis are all different, what we talk about as different curves in the spine. Lordosis and kyphosis are natural curves that occur. It's when, when we refer to them as being of a concern, we refer to them as being hypo or hyper, whether it's lordotic or kyphotic. Scoliosis in itself is a different curvature. Um, again, most people do have a slight scoliosis where the spine kinks around the spine. And again, most people also don't have any issues with their scoliosis itself. It doesn't really present as any problematic issue, Shereen, apart from a, radiolog- a radiological finding in most cases. Most um, cases. In most cases. But occasionally it can be if it's not monitored and picked up at a young age, it can become a problematic situation. The scoliosis issue usually occurs more so in the thoracic spine, so up higher in your mid-back, but can occasionally happen in the lumbar spine, I'd be saying, in in your low back again, and again be contributing to higher up levels. Going back to the lordotic and kyphotic curves, they're in the sagittal plane, isn't it? So sagittal plane, so if you're looking at a person, it's the front to back sort of plane that we're looking at in this case. Your neck and your low back have natural lordotic curves. Your mid-back, which is your thoracic spine, has normally a, a natural kyphotic curve. So when we're talking about the lordotic curve, it means that you've sort of got a, a concave situation happening. If you're looking at your kyphotic curve, it's a convex situation happening. So it's your spine is sort of a triple S, best way that I could describe it, it's a triple S. Yeah, so it's just in reverse. Side, yeah. side to side. With the sclerosis itself, it's a it's a huge topic. So, in and of itself, we have got to speak yes. about that as a another series. Maybe yeah, it will be coming yeah. up as a series later down mm-hmm. the track. Yes, if you're talking about low back pain, sometimes some people would have things like fusion mm-hmm. in that area, and it loses its kyphosis. Oh, sorry, it loses its lordosis. Sorry, you're right. And um, when that happens. Everything else changes mm-hmm. up the spine. When we have changes up the spine mm-hmm. that way, what can normally happen is uh, the degeneration process starts much fa- faster mm-hmm. and earlier and more aggressive sometimes, okay. largely because of how the, how the way we are using our bodies yeah. every single day. Compensatory movements to what was previously a natural movement, mm-hmm. as well as trying the body's way of trying to get around Mm-hmm. The fused segment in the cell. Mm, absolutely. Mm. However, 
the vertebrae of the L5S1, L4-L5-S1, that's got to be really, really stable. So in that sense, fusion fusion in that area makes very significantly less issues, uh, gives it, uh, give rise to significantly less issues as compared to other parts of the body. Especially the higher ones. Anywhere right. higher is the one that becomes even more problematic. That's right. Most of the regions in the thoracic and the cervical regions, you would need to have much, much more mobility. Although that said, some parts where it's hypomobile, meaning, meaning that it's not moving too little, moving right or moving too little, then we are looking at having to have other aspects move that. If Let's say if it's a fusion, but if it's not a fusion, then we would have got to mobilize the L5 as mm. one. On that note, though, most people overly adjusted in the L5-S1, L5-S1 or L4-L5-S1. That's a very dominant yeah. adjusting area. That's right. So regardless of what you have, they just go. Uh, they will just adjust you in that yeah. area. Especially if it's a chiropractor that does a flying seven. It's included in the flying seven. It's not all the time that you need to be adjusted in that area. It's not all the time that you need to uh, not move that area. At the same time, you also do need stability in the area. So that is a very fine line. And that's something that even we as clinicians cannot judge for ourselves with our own bodies. We will need another clinician to do that. Point to help point out Mm -hmm. or help guide us in the right direction. That's right. Sometimes it's a matter of just an engagement issue, Mm -hmm. an engagement between the uh, L3, L4, L5 and the pelvic floor. If people can't, can't engage or recognize, or recognize that, that, yeah. whether there's movement or That's not right. movement. Some people don't even recognize that they've, let's just say that they've completely locked down their lumbar spine to their pelvis. So they'll be literally using one whole unit. They'll be just moving from, say, their pelvis and then see nothing That's else. Right. It's mm. pretty much like a flat back or just their legs. They That's literally right. have a hinge through there and nothing else. That's the right. rest of it, they, and they can't, they can't figure it out. Or if they have a disc issue in that area, then then what that could, I mean, if you look at one segment and if it's not so bad, that if it's not too bad, then then it doesn't translate upwards or downwards. It's quite okay. Localized, yeah. Yeah, very localized. There's no neural tension upwards or downwards to body, the spinal cord, I mean. On the other hand, we are looking at sometimes, what I see sometimes is that you know, if we give people exercises to do and they can't exercise, uh, can't do it, sometimes it's not a matter of them not for the lack of trying. They do it and they are conscientious, but they still cannot. So what normally happens in that scenario is that it's not their spine that is, it may not be their spine that is an issue. It can be the, the tissues anterior to the spine that is an issue. And that's quite common as mm-hmm. well. Tissues like your hip flexors. Yep which are your ilosoas. Uh-huh. Or the, it's not so much the psoas itself that is the issue, but the ilacus. Yep. The, the ilacus is the, is the muscle that wraps around the pelvic yep. rim. That can be inflamed or overused or any one I'm, of those. And tugging on the pelvic bone. Yeah, mm-hmm. or any one of those effects. And that will be holding on so badly to the, um, very tightly and badly to the ilosoas and stopping extension from mm-hmm. happening. So what you're going to be looking at is like you've got a slight flexion through yourself or you've got a slight bend forwards mm-hmm. as opposed to being able to and try and extend. extend yourself over yeah. And this happens a lot in cyclists. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes swimmers, mm-hmm. runners. Oh, yeah, runners, um, uh, runners, runners, yeah, runners right? definitely. You're looking at the jits people too, yeah. wrestling, farmers and tradies, farmers and tradies, judo. Mm-hmm. Any sports that have a lot of hunched over forwards positions, mm. sustain, especially sustained positions, yeah. Hockey, definitely. Mm-hmm. Soccer is relatively fine because you've got a, lot, a fair bit of extension. Netball's fine you've got a fair bit of extension. That's right. Um, cricket, if you're, especially if you're a batter or a wicket keeper, that will do it again. That's right. There, there are other ones, not so much for fielding. One interesting sport would be basketball. And basketball, people in basketball, I find that they tend to strain their illusoas a lot. I can see that. Yeah, because of the way they are checking each other. Checking or jumping as well when they're trying to get some elevation. They will commonly describe it like, oh, hey, I'm I'm generally okay. I've got a back pain. I feel like an old person from sitting to standing. I can't really do it properly. And on the train, I feel like it's really aching. It's aching so badly. I I cannot tolerate this. So that's quite common too. And the other ones that are more likely than not to have a hypolordosis as mm. well, where it's slightly decreased as opposed to what it should be. Sometimes they feel like their tailbone aches, mm. uh, their tailbone aches, their groin area mm-hmm. aches. Um, so they have a, they might have groin issues, constipation, okay. yep. or frequent urination, or Mutruition. Mutruation. Yeah, I think that's a word. I think it's because of my my degeneration in my C, C4 to C7. Yes, Charmaine had her x-ray done today yes. and she got classified as an old granny by me. Oh, yes, that, that's the like <laughs> medical terminology. You have you are an old granny. You look like a turtle. You have a chicken neck. For the, for the record, this was the positions that she was putting herself into whilst we were trying to figure out how best to stabilise and, and mobilise her neck. So she was putting herself into very interesting positions that did in fact make her look like a, a, a turtle. And the chicken reference, just in my defence again, was how she actually moves her neck. I was trying to explain that instead of the flexion extension that she should be having through her neck, which is limited, hence the, hence the degeneration and everything, or vice versa, I'm not 100% sure which way it came first. Regardless, but what, I was, but what I was saying was it mm. was the way she moves. So I said she translate. So she goes forwards and backwards, but in a straight line versus in a curved line. So I said the best way to look at it is like a chicken. So she sort of got called a granny, a turtle, and a chicken. I'm like a, hy- I'm like a hybrid, homunculus. <laughs> it works. It works. Thanks, Jackie. Love you too. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to spine and spinal thingies. We've got my lower doses. We're on to kyphosis now. So okay. kyphosis is a curve that's predominantly or should be, to an extent, prominent in your thoracic spine. So it's the one that we – in your mid-back? Mid-back. Well, yes. Uh, also, then the, we can have kyphosis in the, in the um, low back too. Can you? Yeah. Oh, wait, in the, in the sacrum. In the sacrum, in the sacrum to the L5, L3, L4, L5, know. L4, L3. No, surely yes. not. I didn't know that. Mm, but um, ankylosing spondylitis oh, okay. will cause that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking about natural kyphosis. <laughs> natural kyphosis. <laughs> I was talking about the natural curve of the spine. Well, yes, well, if, if there's a pathology, that will happen. Yeah, that's a pathology. That's not a natural. I think, <laughs> I, I'm not sure about this. 
And it's, it's a natural pathology, yes. Okay. And if the ALL gets stuck, ALL is the anterior ligamentum, ligamentus. Long, long natural long, ligament. Yeah, that's right. I was about to say that the long ligament anteriorly in front. It would work. <laughs> that will work, right? That, that, that one would work. Yeah. It's the one that runs at the front of your spine. That's right. That would cause a kyphosis and you don't want to have a, yeah, a kyphosis of the lumbar spine and you really don't want that to happen. So because when that happens, there's a possibility yeah, that your yeah. entire spine becomes a C-shape. So you're a long yeah, C-shape yeah, yeah. from the tailbone all the way up to the... It first presents the, itself as a hypolordosis and then it just has, as it progresses, it would get, yeah, then can, can, we, can, can, can make itself into a kyphosis. That's right. And the thing about spines so it's is an that abnormal, it's an, yeah. it would be that would be what would be classified as an abnormal kyphosis. It's not supposed to be present in the lumbar spine. It's a curve mm. that shouldn't be present in the lumbar spine. That's when it's an abnormality. The thing about spines is that people think that the spine is just from you know the C one to L five most of the time. That's, that's how they think about the spine. They're missing another eight, eight, eight <laughs> to nine segments. Yes, <laughs> including the you know sacrum like and the coccyx. Those those form your spine too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, people. Yeah. Goes as low as your little tailbone, guys. That's the full spine. Yeah. Not just your, like Shemaine just said, not your cervical to your lumbar. And then this, this suddenly it stops. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It goes all the way. And how the how how the how the brain transmits all that information is through the brain, the brain itself, and it exits through the brain stem, through your ner- your nerves from C one, right? And right, that's right under the skull, and all the way down to maybe about L two, L three, L four, and then they exit. Mm-hmm. No, they're still supplying the. They're, yeah. still, they're still supplying the. The, the S1, S2, S3. But what it does is that they all exits around that area and then form forms a big, big nerve called your sciatic nerve and at the back and in front it, it, it is a femoral nerve. And then it branches out into little, 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 it's like little streets, right? And it supplies all little... Laterals. Yeah. Or it supplies other, um, the lower part of your body. Everywhere. And everywhere. If you think about it like a network of uh, of nerves, that's would be much yes, easier. For, yeah, it would be much easier for for how you guys will be hearing it. It's not just one nerve; it's a network, like Shawan just said. Yes, yeah. way to think of it. That's right. And you have got yeah. So and you have got uh, you know um, it's like terminals, right? There are terminals at some places, such as you're not talking about terminals that like ending terminals. You're talking. You think about you know, those big train stations, like central stations, that sort of thing. You have got at least about one, two, three, three. Uh So it's the sacral plexus, the celiac plexus, and the brachial plexus. I think there's a lumbosacral plexus. So you've got three big, uh, you know, like central stations Mm. in your body, excluding the brain itself. So that's a lot. Mm. And we are still not talking about, you know, we have got now what they are what are they saying? Three two brains, yes. a gut brain and a brain yeah, brain. Yeah. And the gut brain and the brain can be functioning separately. separately. And a lot of the time they are. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. So you've got three three central stations, two headquarters. It's like it's a bit like Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra. 
it's like Melbourne and Sydney are always fighting to be like the capital, but no, they have got to put little Canberra <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, right? And that that is where all the big decisions are made. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Okay. <laughs> so for you guys who are listening to this podcast, I think that you know it makes it a bit easier for you guys to do it. So, um, so we're talking about low back pain now. Once we speak a bit more about the entire spine, and some people have been asking me, some lifters have been asking me, how do you keep your spine healthy? Speaking of how we do that to make your spine healthy, generally most people are born with healthier spines unless unless you have had trauma. Mm-hmm. Like for example, myself, I had several traumas in my in my body. I fell into the drain once uh, breakfast. I hate this when I was younger. I fell off a slide. Sorry, I you fell, fell off a slide. slide. Yeah. And um, I fell off a, a boat from like, it's like, you know, many stories of re- really steep s- stairs on yeah. the boat. Yeah. And hit my tailbone. I'm not uh, into, oh no. Sorry? It's clearly not into the water. Then you fell from a boat, from a level of the boat to another level of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All the way down, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so my, tailbo- uh, my tailbone. Did you fall or did you slide down the stairs? Did you just try sliding down the stairs? No, I, I slipped and fell. Okay. Mm. So that's that. I had many kicks to the head because I was I I do a lot of martial arts. I did a lot of martial arts when I was younger. Um, two or three years ago, I fell off the bike onto the tram tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so in and of itself, I have had my personally, you know, physically, I had many flesh-like mm-hmm. symptoms. So I do have a I do have a flat flat spine or military spine. How that's what they are going to describe it as, and we will uh-huh. speak about that a bit later. But generally, if a person is healthy or or getting towards healthier health, a healthier body, they generally will have got a good, good and healthy spine. Uh-huh. What that mean also means is that if the person is able to have good strength, uh-huh. or you, is if a person doesn't have good strength, they will have to practice until they get good strength. If the person has got good strength, uh, uh, good strength, they're talking about beginners level, you know, um, fresh, fresh uh, um, practices, right? And they are off the street, they're working, working hard. So what they need, what they will have got to do first is to, you know, have mobility, Uh mobility and flexibility. So people have asked me, what's, what's the biggest thing you need to have in weightlifting? To you're talking about newbies. I said to them, it's not so much about muscles. It's about a strong nervous system because there are people who are, who don't, do not have muscles, musculature. They are still very, really strong. They can, they are able to carry 2.5 times, lift 2.5 times their body weight. And that's very, very strong nervous system. And if a person has got a strong nervous system and on plus on top of that, they've got good hypertrophy of musculature. Mus- musculature not just hypertrophy you're talking about you need to have endu- that that muscle type instead yeah. of an endurance muscle type endurance and strength instead of speed and power mm-hmm. in weightlifting then they would have a lot of longevity in a the sport they will have a very good and strong spine for the, for a very long time what people mistake though is as if they're training they're training as if they are like power people but ballistic. the thing is that when they are doing, yeah, ballistic, mm. quite ballistic, because power means speed yeah. times strength, not speed plus strength, it's speed times strength. Mm. So, and, and if you have power, but if you have got, you know, um, this, you've got strength, 
but you have, and then after that you've got speed, but you don't have the um, nervous system strength uh-huh. for that, the nervous system endurance, endurance yeah. for that, for that sport, you're not going to have a very yeah. strong spine. No. And also a lot of people mistake flexibility for mobility. Uh-huh. Uh, and when, and then they, uh, they become too, too mobile, yeah. but not flexible. Yeah. Or they can be too flexible, but not mobile. Then we have trouble. And then on top of that, their training, their training regime says to them, Hey, you look strong. So we are going to give you more, more hypertrophy work or power work. And it throws the technique up. Once it throws the technique up by that, what I mean is that the body is compensating around the bar as compared to the body is strong and stable and the bar moves around the body and then we'll have a better better lift overall. So if a person do is moves the moves the body around the bar, it's likely we are going to have a lot of compensation. Yeah. And by the time by the time that the weight lands on the person, it crushes the spine almost. So the spine itself cannot dissipate that load. Yeah. In, into the ground that, that that load and that pressure needs to go somewhere and if it doesn't go somewhere it's going to go to your hips mm-hmm. it's going to your knees your ankles your shoulders your elbows some you know somewhere mm-hmm. and then it crushes you right it crushes the body and um, body and people go like why do i not have you know why why do i have an elbow issue knee issue some you know an issue any issue usually usually by the time they are doing power moves power moves for lifting they're going to get hip issues most of them are going to get hip issues yeah um then it's a technical uh technical fault yeah if the hip is the issue but the, then then the spine is free to do what it does so so your spine works very very hard for you guys Treat it with a bit of reverence, you know. Ideally, you want to treat it with respect and try to look yeah. after it as best as you can. Yeah. Uh, isn't there a saying your body is a, a temple, but a lot of people are, you, you know, probably, you know, treating their bodies like public libraries, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out this public libraries concept. <laughs> well, analogy. Yeah. Yeah, all right. No, yeah. a lot of people are doing the whole, I might as well run my you're gonna die anyway so i might as well run my body into the ground okay. there's no point you're gonna go into the ground anyway Live so you fast, might as die well young. not necessarily the die young part but you might as well go out with a bad YOLO, versus you only live once i'm trying to not say that so um so a lot of people are so to keep a healthy spine that's one way to do so pilates do they help with healthy spines sometimes they do Sometimes they don't. It depends on what they're working on. It depends on what they're working on. It depends on the the instructor. Depends on the, the explanations as well. That's right. The person understands them mm-hmm. or not. That's right. We, we see too many injuries presenting themselves mm-hmm. um, where it's pretty much been an explanation situation where the person just didn't understand the explanation that was given to them. Yes. It tends to happen with breathing. Mm. So breathing is a big one. That mm. a lot of people have issues with engaging their core versus breathing. Yeah. Because a lot of instructors say bring your knee with your spine, mm-hmm. but don't explain how to do it. And a lot of people do it by trying to suck their stomach in. Yes. 
And that's where everything goes downhill a lot of yes. the time from there. Mm-hmm. So we have had quite a number of people coming in from Pilates and then they go like, but I do Pilates. So I was like, why do you look so locked down? And you look like you are so stiff and you cannot move, but you're flexible. Uh, and they go like, but I do Pilates. I was like, well, can you do, can you touch your toes? No, I can't. Uh, can you control your core? No, I can't. Uh, can, what, uh, what else is happening? Oh, my hip hurts. Paying for yeah, so exactly what you're paying for, right? So, but I'm not saying that all Pilates are not good. There are some people that we send to, and yeah. usually when we send these people there, they understand movement really well as compared to a three day physio thing. I'm not begging physios, but there are a lot of people going for Pilates Pilates um, session taught by a physio yeah. who has attended a three day workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And to go further, further out in Pilates class, you need to have about 10,000 hours uh, to be actually yeah. quite good at it. To be actually, well, not, not good, good at it, just understanding yeah. it. At pretty much the basic level, mm. you know? That's Speaking right. It's a novice level. Yes. And I started when I was 18. So it's like, and that was a very long time ago. So the only people I, I like working with are like if they're dancers, that's one if they were ex-dancers and have very high-level dancers as well, and if they don't place the person into a template form. Uh-huh. There's some people that are dancers, fantastic, well and good, but they still play, place people into a template form. And so I've asked I've asked uh, some of their interns to show to say, hey, show show me if you if you use his his or hers her template that you've seen and try on this patient, try it. See what happens, and they almost and the patient almost always goes, "I'm still in pain." Yeah, yeah. So template format is is not necessarily a good way to go. Totally. It's a very very convenient way, an efficient way for clinics and studios to place you into. Not just studios, gyms as well. Gyms as well, yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, but majority of the time, we we are seeing that out of like five people who are going to come in and do uh come in and, and we refer them for Pilates. We are likely to refer the, refer three of them to one person or maybe two of them to one person, another two to another and one for a generic Pilates class because their body can tolerate that. For some people we are going, no, you, you shouldn't even go close yeah. to it. So there are reasons for that and we don't do it lightly. We don't do it without thought. And we are doing it for a lot of times for the longevity for you. Yeah, for you. So when I mean a lot of times, and sometimes I'm saying like, well, you can do it. And for for short term and temporary term to do it and do it really quickly, aggressively and fast. And that's because we want to speed up the process of healing and then after that you you, you need to back off yeah so in short does that does that support your spine it doesn't quite work on the spine it supports all the all the muscles and tissues and ligaments and fascia around the spine so in that sense and also people must understand that yourself pilates was a, a person with polio at that time when he created pilates and it's not so it's not a bad thing it really accentuates and refines the spinal yeah. movement and accentuation and articulation. Fantastic. All those things are very, very good. Works to below the neck and not anywhere above the neck. <laughs> yes. 
Okay. Yeah. So when that happens, is that useful or not? It's it's debatable. At least you're healthy. Yeah. All right. Sometimes I think that yoga, some some forms of yoga will will fit a person much more accurately and succinctly mm-hmm. and efficiently for a person as uh, for a particular person type as compared to anything yeah. any, any Pilates. Yeah. So so it depends. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you sometimes to resolve tension just just normal tension it could be a sitting type yoga some people need a moving type yoga some people need a sustained in one position Mm -hmm. kind of yoga i don't know the names of yoga because there's so many yeah Uh, according to (laughs) according to a lot of our indian patients that we ask and all uh, patients from india um i said so do you do you know ayurveda and you know yoga no no she maybe don't it's just I was like, so so who do them? Not us. <laughs> a few gurus, that's funny. Yeah, and then we're like, oh, so you guys don't know? No, we don't do that. Come to think of it, I can actually see that because you don't see or hear very much, like like you just said, whether they're Indian or any around those areas. You don't actually hear about them doing yoga. No. Dancing, yes. Yes. A lot of them do do their traditional dancing, but no, you don't see yoga. You don't hear hear them do yoga. You don't hear them go Ayurveda. No, nothing. I know. (laughs) So how about meditation? Meditation, yoga, meditation. No. (laughs) Isn't it funny? Yeah, but that's... They come out of the country, but they're not. It's not a dominant thing in the country. No. Um, So so that's what we found quite fascinating too. Um, And... um, And... That's what I have to say for for spinal strength. Also, to roll out your back all the time for spine uh, on a foam roller on your spine. That's not great. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's like just mobilizing everything. Yep, it's also compressing every tissue that you're pressing on. That's right. You're mobilizing your entire spine and you are ironing. Your the tissues, the tissues just next to it. Mm-hmm. And so I go like, why are you doing this? It defeats the purpose. Not unless you are lying on it That's for an a sustained sustain extension mm-hmm. in your thorax for a long time, or your or your cervical, your neck. Like we've decided that Shemaine's going to be doing. Yeah, that would be in a horizontal plane, right? Yeah, because I I need a lot of this. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm literally trying to think of horizontal plane. What are you talking about? So the foam rollers on the horizontal. Yeah, that's what I, that's, yeah. I, had, I had you lying in a horizontal. I'm like, what is that going to change? Nothing. I'm just my lying point, down. My point exactly. I'm like, what are we doing? I'm, I'm just, I'm just taking a, I'm, I'm, I'm taking I'm, a mental break. I, I realized that you had to. You know, yeah, I'm overwhelmed by being called a homunculus. I didn't call you a homunculus. I just called you a variety yeah. of other names. I'm a variety. I'm a ver- <laughs> Multi-variable <laughs> species. Yep. All right. Okay. Yep. All right. That Fair one enough. works. That one works. Okay. At least you know, call me a phoenix or something. I didn't chicken. It's not a phoenix. Phoenixes. Phoenixes have a spine. They have a nice curve to them. It's got chicken, feathers and chicken and tails. Chicken, chickens don't necessarily have a have a. They have a C-shaped curve. All right. Not, through, not through the neck. They don't. They're just they're just straight. Okay. That's why they do the whole that motion. All right, we'll ask. We'll ask Cindy. Cindy loves chickens. <laughs> Just Google it. <laughs> Google pictures of chicken. We have a whole chicken book. That's true. We have a picture book of a chickens. Of chickens. Of chickens. Anyway, we digress. 
I hope that that clears out the clears out some air about low back issues, low back issues, any things that you've been experiencing. Was giving you some information about things that you may have been feeling or pretty much experiencing is one thing, or thinking that you may be in that boat. I mm-hmm. guess would probably be the other one, That's or right. feeling like you're alone hmm. um, would be the other, the other, the other, um, the other part of it. To hear that with some of our experiences that even even us in the clinic experience similar problems sometimes or have gone through similar issues. Mm. It's lived. Yeah. Not not imagined. Mm. Yes. Yes. So we can we can relate. Yes. Some some of the times we can relate. So hopefully that helps you guys feel more comfortable with us as well. Mm-hmm. We can relate to you on a personal level with regards to injuries and pains and niggles so share this podcast with someone because it's quite integral i think uh-huh. for especially if if a person who's lifting and they start having spinal issues or they're unsure of whether they should do yoga pilates you know running whatever anything, yep. anything any sport any conflicting sport for that for their body or that they are going to start preparing their body for some for an event give us a yell or otherwise, we will be seeing you in the next, po- next podcast. Yep, we'll be continuing our discussion on lordosis in the next podcast. And that's when we'll be introducing the cervical spine, so neck pain and headaches. That will be our next series that will be coming up. So, guys, if you like what we're presenting, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or share it with one other person whom you think we may be able to help. For those of you who are coaches, dancers, or athletes, and may find difficulty with expressing or executing movement patterns, please do connect with us on our website, www.germainhealth.com.au. And Jermaine Health is spelled J-U-R-M-A-I-N-E-H-E-A-L-T-H. Or please socialise with us on Facebook, which is also Jermaine Health, and our Instagram, which is Jermaine Health Body. And whilst you're on our Instagram page, um, suss out the... Um, the posts about our embodied athlete um, pages and our embodied athlete program, um, whether that would be befitting for you and whether you'd like to be involved. You can also share that around to your friends and family that you may know that would be interested. And last but not least, since this podcast is made for you, our clients, patients and fans, do let us know what else you might like to hear about. And that's us for today, guys. See you. Bye-bye.